remember, you can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI. Now, more of Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. The Patriots have won nine in a row. Look, the scantily clad Bill Belichick in 21-degree weather with the owner, Robert Kraft. So hold of them to field goals. Remember, nobody has scored in Foxborough against the Patriots. A touchdown at least in four straight games. And now, back after about a month and a half, I hit his Troy Brown in. Man, the renown. He finds him 10 yards. And it's 20 to 6. Three men after a close game into the fourth quarter. And then, Leftwich picked off by Tyrone Poole. He had two on the day. One thing, no, he'll see on the film. They'll see it now. Ball in the air. Didn't get the touchdown. But Brandon Tofield made the tackle. The Patriots still, even though the Chiefs have won, Patriots also 12 and 2. And the Patriots still have the inside track for home field advantage if they went out, which, of course, would make it 12 in a row for New England. Another ESPN recap from uh, Chris Berman and Tom Jackson. And, of course, we started this whole 03 look back with uh, some of the comments from Tom Jackson at the very beginning. So in our 20th anniversary celebration of the 03 championship year, we are on regular season week 15. It was December 14th. How about that? Mm. 20 years ago today, a 27-13 win over Jacksonville. Christian started that game and had no stats. Zero stats. Because it was wicked cold, which would bother someone from California. No, no. They threw the ball to Dan. But how about the Largos? Because one of them is joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline. He was a tackle for uh, many years here in New England. Another friend of Fourier, Tom Ashworth with Gresh and Fourier, here to look back on the 03 season. Tom, good afternoon, man. How are you? Good afternoon to you guys. I'm doing great, man. Yo, it's morning for him. He's in Colorado. Oh, well, it's still morning. He's in Colorado. Oh, yeah, it's morning time here. Yeah, you had me a little, little off there. What are you whittling right now? Are you whittling something out of wood right now? <laughs> Matter of fact, I was. I was. What were you whittling? In that? Oh no, no whittling so much. Mostly uh, making tables and doors and all sorts of other fun stuff out in the out in the shop. So, so Tom, can you whittle like Uncle Jed used <laughs> to <laughs> in the Beverly Hillbillies? Uh, that's probably not my uh, forte. Um, I'm, I'm not quite artistic enough to do the whittling. More of the the custom custom carpentry. So, if, so if I gave you a pocket oh. knife, like you couldn't like make me a cane. Well, I could definitely do that. Okay, I'd probably prefer like a an, a maul to use or a a, a hatchet. Perhaps, oh, okay. Jeez. <laughs> Man, did the guy come around with a big old hatchet? You're, I was gonna say for a second there when he went pocket knife, I'm yeah. like, he's not MacGyver. Well, like, I mean, there you go, right? It's like a toothpick in there <laughs> yeah, too somewhere. Toothpick, exactly. Uh, so, Tom, we have uh, done the exercise all year of walking down memory lane of the 03 championship season, and my God, it has been quite a walk. When you think back to 2003, where was Tom Ashworth, the football player, in his career in 03? Take us back to what it was like for you in getting an opportunity to not only be a part of this team, but to be a significant player on this team. Yeah, you got it. So, you know, that was my third year. Um, the first two years, though, was really, I mean, I was a developmental player. I was one of the guys, you know, Bill and... Dante and Scott Pioli and those guys are really good at 
finding guys and come bringing them in and developing them. And I was actually like Fourier. I was a tight end at Colorado. Um, we had a bunch of them. Dan Graham, Dan Dan Graham, and I played together. Um, and as Dan developed and became a star, um, they shoved me inside to play tackle. So um, I was still gaining weight and and figuring out how to play offensive tackle and pass block. And by my third year, yeah. I, I got my opportunity uh, early on against the Redskins. And um, thankfully, you know, I played for Dante, and I had, you know, Bill was there, and um, they believed in me and gave me a chance. And I was t- really trying to figure it out. So thank goodness I had Christian next to me and Joe Andruzzi because between the two of those, they, they kind of kept me in line. And I think it is interesting. So just texting back and forth, and we had Joe on, and we had Copen on. Uh, so really, three of the five starters. Hokestein and, and, and oh, I forgot we had Russ yeah. too. Russ was great. Um, but bring me back to that game because I talk about this stupid game like crazy. Okay, and I always go back the to the whole game? the Redskins game. I think that was your first yeah. start, and we run an unbalanced front, and 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 Brady gets concussed. And explain what was going on with you on that game, especially that play. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, that was my that was my first start. Actually, it was Russ Hoekstein in my first starts that week, and um, you know, I can say Tom was head was spinning and he was concussed. But uh, you know, being a first time starter, I probably felt the same way. But um, we definitely ran a, a lot of unbalance that game, and um, yeah, I remember coming back in the huddle and Tom didn't know. Yeah, he wasn't really quite sure which. Uh, if we were passing or throwing, I think we had a check in the game that we could. Uh, that was one, like we were talking about. I think it was. It was one of these. We had a. We could run or throw it, and we had a. Yeah, we got to decide on the line of scrimmage. At least Tom did, and there was definitely some confusion there. But then we, yeah, we did a bunch of unbalanced stuff, and I remember for me it was like my oh, my like welcome to the NFL moment because you know growing up in the eighties and nineties. There was a guy named Bruce Smith that terrorized everybody, and I watched him on TV forever. And um, they put me – we did the unbalance, and I went over to the left side, and I'm next to light. And I look up, and Bruce Smith's, like, staring me down. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> I better buckle <laughs> up. I better buckle up. Well, I tell you what, that is so that funny. Crazy. Everybody has an, oh, man, I'm in the NFL moment. And that's interesting yeah. because you watch those kids, those guys, you know, when you're young and you're just – I guess, you know, like, holy cow, this is a real person. This isn't just some image on the TV. 100%, man. And it it was totally, it was surreal. I, I, that was that was definitely the moment. I was like, oh, man, I'm here. So um, that was fun. But, yeah, that was early on. And, man, we just kept trucking right after that. I mean, we kind of had, yeah, we had a rough day that day. I was telling Christian, I remember, I would love to go back and find the film on that because I remember Larry Centers had one of the greatest hits I've ever seen in my life. Just, but I think he got flagged for it. But it was uh, unnecessary roughness or something. But it was a, it was unbelievable. I don't, anyway, uh, Tom, this is first of all, I, I, I'm amazed at you know like Steve Neal, a guy like you. You kind of came up through like a almost like a developmental program with the Patriots. What was it about the structure that was set up for you that ultimately gave you the skills and the ability to make it into the starting lineup and be such a key figure in 03? 
Yeah, one one thing was I was really good at cut blocking. I don't even know if they allow that anymore. But um, I was something really good at it. At the time, the Broncos were, you know, their zone offense and their zone running, and they were cutting guys all over the place. Lepsis, your old boy Lepsis, yeah. was really good at it. And they brought me in. I remember Pioli telling me, he's like, hey, man, we this is part of our game. We want to be able to do this. We want to do this, and we think you fit in that mold. And, um, so that was kind of the introduction of it. And then really, I think it was one, I had Dante who, I mean, worked him and Jeff Davidson worked hours, hours with me, just getting me going, getting my skills going. And, um, Bill and Dante, man, they just have a knack for getting guys prepared. And I know maybe the tone's a little different right now. It's not the time, but from a guy that's played for several head coaches around the league, um, and I always felt like they prepared me to do my best, and and it it paid off. So we're talking to Tom Ashworth as we look back uh, on that 2003 Super Bowl run, and um, and it, you know I saw you the last time I saw you was at Dante Scarnecchia's um, Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and yeah, that's right. you know I'm curious. Why was it so important for you to to fly out for that and be a part of it? Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple things. One was um, Dante. I really do think he was instrumental in helping me get developed in this league and becoming the player that I could become. Um, he's a hard coach, and but it's something that I've always resonated with. I just he he would always tell you the truth, whether you liked it or not, but. The great thing was you knew you were getting the truth. You could work with that. You can't work with it when you're guessing all the time, trying to figure out what, what the coaches are thinking. And so um, he told me right, wrong, or indifferent. He'll, he'll say, I'm going to, you know, tell, tell, me, tell me how it is. And he did that. And I think the second part to that became, you know, we were young at that time. Dante was just really taking over the O-line uh, maybe the year before. And we had all these new guys that came in. We were all the same age. Um, Steve, Russ, um, Copen, Light, Brandon Gorin. I mean, all that, that whole tribe, the whole group was all kind of, we all grew up together. And Dante, Dante was the, man, he was the, he was the catalyst that got us going. Tom, uh, in, in sort of working like on the, on the practice squad and stuff, did, uh, did Steve Neal ever get his hands on you? Because I've always heard the stories of you're, you're chuckling. I like this. Now I need to hear the story of did uh, did Neal ever get hands on you for you to experience the, oh, wait a minute. If he got me down on the ground, he might be able to really yeah, no, stretch I, me. <laughs> so here's the funny thing. My best friend growing up was about, he's about five, eight, 120 pounds. And so he was the littlest kid in our class and he was a wrestler and he used to beat the crap out of me all the time. And he had these moves where he would put his chin in my back and do all these things. So I never, ever got into that match with Steve. I knew better. I let those defenders, all those linebackers and all those D linemen mess around with Steve doing that. I wasn't going to be a part of that. <laughs> I do think it's – I want to remember, like, so Steve was – Steve is still. Like, Steve lives in San Diego right now, and – Hopefully we'll get Steve on also. He but beat Brock Lesnar. No, no, but there was – I do remember, Tom, and I correct me if I'm wrong, I want to feel like every now and then someone would play fight Steve. And, oh, yeah. and I remember like – and then if you pushed him too much, you could literally see the switch in real time. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> 
Do you remember? Yeah, you know, yeah. Steve, Steve, uh, I mean, we had a ton of competitive dudes on that team. I mean, I mean, you go down the list, but yeah, man, Steve didn't want to lose at anything. I mean, he never wanted to lose at a 40 yard. I mean, nothing. We, he had to win every off season workout thing we ever did. And yeah, you flipped his switch and you like challenged him or kind of joked around and said, Oh, you ain't that. Uh, yeah, man, you didn't, Steve was going to let you have it. And um, we have what a great line, Steve will let you have it. No, because I remember (laughs) if someone didn't know his background, there would be that playful, you know, back and forth, slap fighting or something like that. Next thing you know, he would like, the dude was like in a little pretzel, like in the corner somewhere. Yes, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, in our locker room, usually. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there was always some guy that was like an all-conference high school wrestler that thought, I'm going to show this guy. Yeah, they didn't know. This. They heard he wrestled at Bakersfield or something. They didn't yeah, know. Bakersfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who did they put out? Yeah. Hey, do you re- – like, now that I'm just thinking about it, so I went and pulled. I just t- typed in the YouTube Google machine. I typed in uh, Tom Ashworth, like, a Visa commercial. Oh, yep. this is you, And we have something we call Twitch out here. I don't know if you guys have that out in the country in Colorado, uh, Tom. And, and Coop, I don't I'm know if you can bring I'm working on CB radios, dude. Oh, I don't have God. So in that commercial, Tom, it was you, Light, uh, Copen, Gorin, um, uh, Russ. Russ had some one-liners. And you, you had some good lines, too. Do you remember what that was all about? Do you remember how, who, yeah. how you guys figured out who got to say what line? <laughs> I think that's what the commercial was laid out. So, um, well, w- number one, Tom uh, TB made an effort, man. He's like, I want my guys to do it because they were originally going to get some actors, you know. And um, he's like, no, I want my guys to do it. So it was really him instrumental in getting us in there. And then you got, I mean, come on, you guys light. I mean, he's still a character out there. That guy, he's always coming up with something, right? And so. Light was kind of the ringleader, and we just all kind of jumped in, man. We're like, "Oh, this is kind of this is fun. We'll let's have a let's have a go at this." And I had I had a line, and I remember it was like fraud monitoring or something, but I couldn't say it. <laughs> so they had to take like fifty takes. I'm pretty Stop. sure it was like fifty takes. Is that all, Tom? Is that why whenever you do finally say it, they went to the cutaway, and it looked like Copen was kind of like legitimately. Kind of half-ass giving you an eye roll, or I don't know. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> man. We <laughs> well, yes and no because that's coping style. But uh, that was definitely that was our professional. I mean, we were part of the guild by then, baby. We were pro actors. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, do you get a residual check and all that stuff? Do you ever get you a know, residual it's check? Funny about that commercial, it was supposed to run for like three months, I think, through the season. And it was so popular, it ran almost for a year. So we were getting, yeah, we were, uh, yeah, cashed in pretty good nice. on that deal. Better than Fourier going on the game show, Tom Storm the Castle back in the day. No, oh, no, my residual yeah, check, no, I, no, I no my residual check was. is from uh, Jerry Maguire, and it's like uh, 13 cents a year. There Thank you, you very much. Was, was that Storm the Castle on PBS? What was that? No, I that was on that. ABC. Thank you very much. It was oh, it was my way. Right. It, listen, Tom, I didn't want to work during the summer. I decided I was going to go on game shows to to earn money. That was my big yeah, plan. All right. But we lost, and I went back to work <laughs> at Home Depot. There you go. There it is. Fourier, full full circle there on uh, Fourier. 
Tom, I do have to ask because your uh, your story is so unique. You then find yourself on February first, two thousand four, starting in a Super Bowl. Was that yeah. a pinch me moment? Did you take time to look around? What was that whole experience yeah, like for you? No. Yeah, I definitely didn't take time to pinch and look around. I think the you know Billsman, you know the whole mentality in that thing is like one one day at a time. I mean, people say you know all those cliches and whatnot, but man, that team believed that. I mean, we lived that. It was it was real. Um, hindsight, I don't know. I don't know. It worked out for us, so I guess I I don't know if I would change it. But I do remember this. They. The Panthers that year had like the top D line in the in the league. They had Chris Jenkins and Julius Peppers and Chris Rucker and um and they they just had this great defense. And all we did for those two weeks before that game was hear about how great they were and how they were gonna kick our ass and so, you know, we were I was more concerned about blocking Julius Peppers and not getting Tom killed than um, you know, trying to look around and collect the you know, enjoy the moment. But uh, it made it worth it because in the end it was obviously we know what happened. So it was pretty awesome. And we let those guys have it on top of that. Uh, I ask everyone, do you have a Christian Fourier moment that you would like to share with us, Tom Ashworth? Uh, so Christian and I um, had little kids at the same time in which, you know, you're, you get in, you just get swamped with little kids kid toys and Fisher price things. And, um, we had this little kid baby toy that would sing a uh, hello in like eight different languages around the world. God, I remember that. And Christian and I would, uh, this is back in the day. We used to drive his minivan that had like six car seats in it <laughs> from the facility up to our bubble to do work like off season workouts and practice and whatnot. And we would sing Kenichiwa and hello and hola to each other the whole way. Oh, that is hilarious. I actually remember that. I'm I'm amazed I do, but I do remember like you would push the button and we're like it was like uh it was like you're like roulette in a way. You wouldn't know what song you were gonna get. Like, oh you know, we do and then we'd roll into the whatever that language was and we would say the say the song say the word. Yeah, so that was one. I mean, that's a, that's kind of a goofy off tail one. But um, the other thing was, was Christian is like on the field. He was an unbelievable competitor, and the dude. I mean, growing up and going playing for the Buffs at CU, he had this up reputation. I mean, I mean, he would he had been gone for three or four years, but all the guys would talk about what a badass this guy was. And um, then I got to play with him. And it was amazing because the guy was tough as nails, and he was a real pro. And so it was, uh, it was a joy, man. He helped me out a lot. Well, and and, 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 it, and yeah, and it was the same with you. I I, t- I was telling Gresh, he's like, he's like, I never talked to Tom. I've never met him. And I always say, like, easily one of my favorites of all time. Like just oh, always God, good, na- always happy, right? <laughs> always. Ha- I'm surprised your nickname wasn't happy. Like well, honest- yeah, that's funny you asked Cope in that, and I think they wanted to call me Eeyore or something like that. What? Yeah, it's like a reverse. No, I, I don't, I don't see yeah. it at all. Always good natured. Always, yeah. yeah. So, and also, didn't you also get a touchdown in 05? I did, man. We were, uh, 
yeah, that next year they let me play full. So that was another cool thing about Bill and those guys is they'd let, you know, let guys play different positions. So the next year I was playing left tackle because light was hurt. and they, But I was also playing fullback. So um, on short yards and goal line, I'd been playing fullback for like the three or four weeks, five weeks before that. And so they didn't want to change it up. So we got on the goal line. They put me at fullback, threw me a ball, and luckily Tom put it right on my numbers because it was uh, <laughs> the sun was setting at Gillette, and I couldn't see a thing. All I saw was a ball of fire. that's right so there's (laughs) somebody told me once upon a time if you can't see the ball catch the sun or something like that oh okay well you were a tight end so you're used to that and it went right there look at that and i remember i I remember that yeah you acted like it was no big deal no big deal baby (laughs) yeah well tom i'm I'm sure that fourier (laughs) will remind you that like mike vrabel it's another touchdown that was stolen away from him yeah i wouldn't mind with him though 100 percent. i didn't mind with you i didn't mind i feel like i don't don't hear dan graham complaining about it (laughs) (laughs) tom ashworth you are welcome anytime friend we gotta put tom in the top five as this is this is fantastic and now i understand don't tell copen i now understand uh fourier why you're not so over that spanish language language uh amazon I know, christmas I know. song commercial so that it was such sense. a it was such a childish immature thing that we were doing like just randomly oh. saying these words in foreign languages and just for the whatever five minute drive we had to the bubble it was like the speak and say you know how you'd pull it yeah. and you're like here's the here's the duck That's exactly or, what it was like <laughs> it literally just you know, find that thing now. Hey, Tom, thanks for the time, man. The this was a great walk. We really appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Have a great holiday. Hey, hey thanks for doing it, man. Go Pats. Uh, konnichiwa, baby.